0: Well, how many of you have ever heard Keith say, the answer to a million and one questions? Be led. I mean, if you've been around him at all and you ask him a question, he says, well, the answer to a million and one questions is be led. Be led. But what happens so many times with um, adults, especially, is it's like they grow through life and it's like they have no one to ask anything to. It's like they've got a big business deal that they want to make or an investment that they want to make or their kids are sick or they got a job that they might think about taking or they've got a problem with their kids. And adults, a lot of times, when you're a child, you'll go to your parents maybe and say, Mom, what do you think about this? What should I do about this? Mom, you know, help me with this or tell me what to do about this. But as you grow, you don't want everybody knowing your business. And so uh, you'll try to make these decisions on your own. And what happens is you make them on your own and you leave God out of it a lot of times. You know? Because you just are using your head instead of using other things that he's given us to use, or you're a baby Christian and um, you start out your life as a child of God and you get saved, and it's the funniest thing how baby Christians will begin to gravitate to other baby Christians, you know, and um, the other baby Christians are at that point. You know how how children are sometimes full of pride; they're trying to prove how spiritual they are, so they you know try to tell them everything, thus thous and you know everything like that, and lead them astray. You know, and so you don't want that in people's lives. You want it to where that there's an answer for every question or every problem that you can come up against in life. There's not one question that God doesn't have the answer for. There's not one problem that God doesn't have the answer for. But the problem is we're not asking him about it. The problem is so many times we as Christians get so busy with our daily routine and things that we forget that there's a greater one living inside of us. And there's someone that does have all the answers. So um, what I want to do this morning is I want, to, I want to talk to you about checking on the inside, checking things that you have on the inside of you. Keith's been talking about the spirit led life. And I want to continue on that just a little bit. And I may step on some of the things he's going to teach on, but that's all right. It never hurts to hear it twice, even if you do, because you you can, you know, I don't know where he'll go from where he was. I do know that last week he was talking about cluttered closets. And how many of you took that to heart and cleaned out your closets? Look at this. Glory to God. I mean, that's the kind of people that God can bless, is when he tells them something that they jump on it and do it. You don't know what kind of thing that means to the Lord, that even if it's something natural and he, and he tells you to do it, I mean, the blessings will just start flowing in, you know, and he'll start trying to help you. Well, wouldn't you have liked to have been, wouldn't it have just been great to have been one of the twelve disciples you know, and they were there walking with Jesus hand in hand, side by side. And every time they had a question, what did they do? They asked him. They asked him, turn to Matthew. Let's look at a couple of them. Matthew 13, 10. I think some of them pretty funny. We won't look at all of them because there's too many of them. Because I think they asked him a lot of questions like my staff does me. I mean, they're with him constantly all the time. So they have a relationship with him. You know, like you would somebody that you were close to. And the disciples, in in verse 10, Matthew thirteen ten, the disciples came to him and said unto him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? And what happened? Jesus said, nothing. He didn't answer them. He didn't love them enough to care to answer them. What did he say? No. He explained it to him. He, t- he took the time and he, and, um, he said, um, Well, let me read it to you from the um, Amplified. I really like the way that says that. His disciples came to him and asked, why do you always use these hard-to-understand illustrations? Do you ever feel that way when you're reading the Bible? It's like hard-to-understand illustrations. And so his disciples asked him that. And he then explained to them. He took the time and explained to them what the answer was to that question. He said, he explained to them that only they were permitted to understand the things of the kingdom and others are not. Now, isn't that a wonderful thing? that we can understand the things of the kingdom, but the devil's people cannot. So, I mean, that's why he explained to them in parables those things. And then turn to uh, Matthew 13, 36, and he does the same thing again. They come to Jesus. They're out doing stuff, and he's telling all the stories. He's telling all the illustrations. People are listening to him. And they're not interrupting him during his sermon, but they come to him later and they say, um, Hey, Jesus, um, Then it says, then leaving the crowds outside, he went into the house and his disciples did what? They asked him to explain the illustration of the thistles and the wheat. That's amplified again. And what did he say? No way. He said yes, and he explained it to them. And every time that they asked him a question, this is one of my favorites, though. Turn to Matthew 18, 21. Because I've wanted to ask him this question a few times myself. But I don't have to because I already have the answer. Some of you probably wanted to ask it too. Matthew 18:21 Then Peter the bold and brassy one came to him and said, "Lord, how often do I have to show my brother sin against me and do I have to forgive him?" Now, how many times you wanted to ask the Lord that, you know? How long can he just beat up on me and I just have to keep putting up with this, Lord? How long can he keep doing this to me? I mean, wouldn't it just be great when you get in situations like that just to be able to just go and ask the Lord that and he stands there and you look at him and he looks at you and he explains it to you. Isn't that just great? Great. Yes. Yes. So you can say, yes, it's not a trick question. Isn't that just great? Don't, you know, don't you just love, that's one of the things I'm talking about with Keith. Don't you just love having your spouse there, you know, that you can just sometimes bounce things off of. You can ask them stuff. And um, But Jesus isn't with us anymore, is he? Ah, that was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, turn with me to John 16. The disciples were like we would have probably been had Jesus walked with us every day in our daily walk. And we've been able to go up to him and say, hey, Jesus, what about this? What about this? You know, and get an answer from him. So he's about to leave. And the disciples are getting upset. They're thinking, who's going to help us? Who's going to tell us what to do? You know, I mean... Um, you think that you're ready for things, but then when your leader is gone and they're not coming back, it's not like they're going on vacation and they're going to be back in a few weeks and you can make do till they get back, but your leader is gone. I mean, they're out of the picture and you're concerned because you got all these healings that you remember the one they go to him, they couldn't cast the devil out of them, and they go to Jesus and say, Lord, why couldn't we cast the devil out of this person? You know, and he had the answer for them right away. I mean, in time after time, when they didn't know what to do, they'd go to Jesus with their question. What do we do now? How do we fix this situation? And so the disciples, of course, were getting very, very, very concerned about what they were going to do. Wouldn't you be? If your leader was leaving, I know I would be. And uh, so at John 16:6, 6, he tells them, But because I've said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, I like that in the Amplified. And she's got it up here on the screen for us. So look up there with me just a minute if you don't have an Amplified. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Now, how could you believe that? How could you believe that something could be better than me being able to just walk up to Jesus and asking him a question? How could anything be better than that? That would be a real step of faith to believe that, wouldn't it? You know, to know that I'm here. Okay, Dave's got a question. I'm saying, Dave, go talk with this person. He said, but what do I do? I'm right here. So it's easier just to ask me the question than it is to I'm gone. And, you know, what do you do then? So you know they're struggling with this in their minds. But he said, I'm not telling you anything but the truth. So believe me. Now, this is Jesus talking. I'm telling you the truth here. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, comforter. Now, look up there and see what comforter means. The counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and the standby will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. Now, that's good news. Because I know that, you know, you can have 12 people or all the people that begin to follow Jesus. He didn't just have his 12. He had people from everywhere that was following him in every direction and asking him questions and asking him questions. And he's only one person. So he can only answer one question at a time. When he walked the earth, he, he walked the earth as a man. He didn't walk it as uh, the omniscient God that we know. He walked the earth as a man. And when he did, if you walked up to him and said, Jesus, a question, well, he can't answer your question and your question and your question at the same time. He's got to answer one question. But you may have a question that's more important than their question at that moment. Their question could be trivial, but yours could be life or death. So how could it be advantageous for Jesus to go away take his with all the answers and the wisdom of God away from the people so that the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener and the standby could not only be there for them to go locate, hunt down, get on their donkey and ride and find, you know, ride three days to ask him a question, but he could come and live in them. To where that they could ask him questions continuously. You didn't have to wonder. Well, maybe I'm asking him. Okay, Lord, help me get a parking place downtown. And maybe you're asking him. Well, my brother is dying with cancer. Lord, help me figure out a way to help him get past this. Well, maybe your question was more important than mine. But I was interrupting his time with my question while he was here on the earth. And you didn't have time to ask him your question. So that it makes it more advantageous if we have the Holy Ghost living inside of us. Turn to 14... Uh, same thing, John fourteen sixteen and seventeen John fourteen sixteen says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, a strengthener, a standby, that he may abide with you forever' Forever. Now, when Jesus went into the garden to pray, no one was with him. What if somebody would have had a question then? They wouldn't have got an answer. Because he's just one person. Verse 26 now, 1426. I really like this one. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, and the standby Which is the Holy Ghost that we were singing about this morning. The Holy Ghost is where? In us. us. Whom the Father will send in my name. He'll do what? He'll teach you a couple of things. He will teach you all things. Now, did Jesus, when he was here on the earth, have the time to spend with everybody and, and teach them everything that they needed to know? Was there any way humanly possible that one man could teach them, every person, everything that they needed to know to go and walk through their daily life? There's no way. But the Holy Ghost can do what? What? He can teach us all things, and what's the next part? No, don't tell me you have Alzheimer's or you're getting senile. What's the next part? What? But I, I I'm, I'm, you know, 75 years old, and that just comes with age. So this verse says, you know, um, he'll bring all things to your remembrance up to age 60 what i've said unto you no it doesn't say that that's the devil that says that and that's the devil that convinces us that when we get to be a certain age it's just logical for us to begin to think we could forget some things you know or and make excuses for it you know instead of just saying okay you know realize this you're tired okay so uh take a break but he will bring all things to your remembrance. All things. If you ever learned it in your lifetime. I know Brother Hagen tells the story about when before he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he went to school and he was failing. He didn't make good grades at all. Then he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he made straight A's. He was top of his class. Well, what's the difference there? He's utilizing the Holy Spirit to bring all things to his remembrance. And not only is he bringing all things to his remembrance, he can teach him Johnny on the spot. Maybe you don't know how to do this job that God's dealing with you. Go over there and apply to do that job. Go over there and apply to do that. What good is the Holy Ghost to you? He'll teach you. I mean, what better thing is there than that? Jesus could not come up to you and say, Okay, John, uh, here's your answer to this question. And then um, Josh is asking a question too, but he can't answer him at the same time because John's got his attention, so he can't teach him right now. Our Bambi's got a question too, but he can't answer it because he's answering John. So he can't teach her how to help her baby keep from gagging because he's teaching how Josh to make an A on this test and he's teaching John how to fix this part on his car. He can't do that because he's just one person. You know, it takes a while to uh, fix a transmission in a car. And you may not know how. But I know this one thing. That the Holy Ghost, if you don't have the money, I believe He can teach you anything. I am a firm believer in that. You know, a lot of people, you know, women especially, sometimes will say, you know, I wouldn't trust my husband to do that. You know, I wouldn't trust him to tear down that wall and do that electrical. Or I wouldn't trust him to hang that light. I would trust Keith to do absolutely anything he set his mind to do. Why? Because it's not just Keith that I am trusting. It's the Holy Ghost that lives inside of him. And it should be the same thing with your spouse or your wife. Say you don't know how to cook. Say you're a lady and you don't know how to cook. And you would like to know how to cook. Well, it's not a big deal. So you throw away a a bag of flour trying to learn how to make biscuits. So what? What's a bag of flour, you know? But the whole time you're doing it, the Lord is teaching you how to do that. You trust Him and He's teaching you. I remember when Keith first went to Ramah. You know, he told the story not long ago about him learning how to play the piano. And When he grew up, he played the piano, but he played by ear and he didn't play right and all these things. And then they started asking him to play at healing school. So he started taking some lessons. And uh, the lady that was teaching him, uh, Miss Cherie, she would try to teach him and he'd just keep going back to his ear stuff, you know, because that's just the way he knew it. He'd just keep... Constantly all of, since he'd been a little bitty boy, he banged on the piano, but never right. Never did the right thing with his fingers or the chords or anything like that. But he knew that they were requiring that he play at healing school. It wasn't like, uh, yeah, you might can do that or you think about it or something. It was no, tomorrow you're playing the piano at healing school. So guess what? Tomorrow he was playing at healing school. So what will that make you do? You'll study. You'll learn. So he'd get in that room and he'd practice and he'd pray in tongues the whole time he's practicing. And he'd pray in tongues. And he supernaturally learned how to play the piano because he was having to play every afternoon. I mean, is there anything that the Holy Ghost does not know? Is there anything that God does not know? Okay, say, for instance, you're teenagers. You have just had it with them. You don't know what to do with them. You're just exasperated with what they've done. Your parents... Maybe they're trying to run your life and you're 50 years old, you know. What do you do with them? Well, there's answers. There's a Holy Ghost that lives inside of you that can tell you one thing that can turn and twist your whole life around. He can teach you how to respond to them in such a way that it gives them a different idea of what you're talking about. I mean, I have to trust the Lord every day to teach me things. I know when we decided to get this building... We were here in Branson, and, and the Lord was dealing with us. And Keith was, as he's told you, still dealing in the room, not coming out of the room, dealing with, is he a pastor issue? You know, so um, praying and praying, and am I supposed to be a pastor? You know? And so uh, that left me to do the research on the buildings, and that left me to do all the things that required doing these things. And I, I mean, I knew nothing about commercial properties. I didn't have a clue about buying a building. I didn't have the first clue about what I was supposed to do, who I was supposed to hook up with. You know, you know well enough to know that a lot of people in the world, when it comes to selling things, you can't trust them. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, they'll tell you, yeah, we just did this and it's perfect. And you know what? It's falling apart. You know, thank God we dealt with some people that were at least honest, good people, you know. And so uh, God blessed us with that. But anyway, as we were doing the the deal on this building, I, when I walked in the door, I had looked at probably 25 other places. And I kept looking at, like, storefront properties because I was thinking we're just moving our offices here, you know. I, I never thought we were having a church. Keith and I had no inclinations of pastoring. And uh, we came in here and... Um, The guy, well, let me tell you the first of the story for those of you who don't know. We came to town and uh, we went to stay at a condo that we had made arrangements to stay at. And we walked in the door and both of us turned and looked at each other at the same time and said, we're not supposed to stay here. We were exhausted. I, I had had a lot of dental work done that day. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning. We'd got a late start coming from Tulsa. We were totally, totally wiped out. We didn't know Branson like we do now. We didn't know what was available to us. And so um, we went back and got a room at the place we had stayed one time before. And I walked in the door, because we had just been here a few weeks before that, and I walked in the door, and the lady at the desk, she uh, said to me, she said, um, uh, What are y'all doing back so soon or something to that effect? And um, I said, well, we just want to look at some properties and stuff around while we're here, you know, some commercial properties and things. And she says, hold on, hold on. She just got frantic almost. And she ran in the back room and she grabbed a card and she said, "Uh, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, be at this place. So tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, I was here. And I walked in the door and I thought, I mean, because she didn't know what kind of commercial property I was talking about. And I was not looking for an auditorium. And we never communicated that. I just said commercial properties. I didn't say a theater. And so I'm thinking this will be a commercial property of some sort. And I walk in the door and I start walking through the place. And the more I walk through the place, the more I know this is it. This is it. And I'm thinking, I walk up here and I'm standing up here on the platform like this. These steps were not here. And there were chairs all the way down here at the front. I mean, they were just almost up, if you've ever been to any of the theaters around, you know, they put them right up to the front of the stage here. And I was standing up here, and the two guys that I was talking to were sitting right there. And uh, the one guy looks at me, and he says, um, how many people you got in your church? <laughs> I mean, look at this auditorium. I mean, it looked humongous to me that day. I mean, there was not a soul in it. It looked, I mean, humongous. And I looked, and I said, Um, none. And I kid you not, he kind of looked at me and he got and he turned and he walked up the aisle like this lady is wasting my time. Well, the Lord dealt with me and I talked to Keith about it and um, that afternoon and I said, I really feel like we need to do something on this and I really feel like we don't need to play around with it. And uh, he said, OK, call him. We'll make him an offer on it. He had not seen it yet. Well, we called him and they weren't, you know, interested at all. So uh, we went and sat down and talked to him that afternoon. Keith came by here finally and saw it. And we sat down with him that afternoon. And um, we said, will you do this? And they said, no. And Keith said, well, what about this? And they said, no. And Keith said, well, what about this? And they said, no. We're keeping in mind the fact that we don't have a congregation and we're about to bite off this building. You understand that? You know, I mean, um, and trusting the Lord in it. And so we told them some things. And the next day they called us and they came to us with a proposal that was just so supernaturally out of this world that we couldn't have thought of it. I mean, kept one of the guys up all night long. And we met him at the Red Lobster the next day and gave us a better deal than we had offered him the day before. I mean... You would sit back and you would think, how in the world could God do something like that? Well, my point of that being, I thought some of you might enjoy knowing that. But anyway, my point of that being was, the Lord dealt with us through a chain of circumstances to open on Resurrection Sunday. To have our first service on Resurrection Sunday. Well, this was like... February the 15th or something like that. or And, you know, we were talking to them. And so it takes, you know, a couple of weeks to uh, get things done on a commercial property. You know, I mean, you can't close on a house quicker than 45 days most of the time. You know, 30 if you really, really got a good mortgage company. And I mean to tell you, the Lord helped me. I mean, I would get contracts that were like 25 pages long. And I'd sit there and I'd read them and I'd shake my head. And then I'd pray in tongues. And we'd get to those meetings, and it was the funniest thing you have ever seen in your life. We'd get to those meetings, and we'd start going over these points. And um, he'd be talking about something, and I'd say, Yeah, but you know, if we sign that like that, that really means this. I didn't. I didn't have a clue what I was talking about. Not a clue. If you would ask asked me what I was saying, I wouldn't have even known what I was saying. But I was yielding myself for the Lord to teach me how to do this. And he'd say, you know, if you do that, then you're bound, you know, to do this, you know. And just in my spirit, and I'd know it because I, I wasn't smart enough to think it up in my head. And these guys thought we were the smartest things since sliced bread. I'm telling you what. <laughs> They So much so that the attorney that we were working with told me at the end of the deal, he said, I have never in all my years of being an attorney seen a commercial deal go through as speedily as this one has gone through. I have never seen anything go through as easily as this deal has gone through and everything fall into place the way that this thing has. I mean, it can take a week just to get papers turned around. You got to go through three people, your attorney, their attorney, you know, I mean, they can sit on somebody's desk for two days and they don't even get a chance to look at it. The Lord just supernaturally did it. Showed us when to call and check with them and ask them a question. Showed us what to do. Taught us through the whole thing. And we came out of this thing shining with greater benefits than we ever thought we could have had because the Lord was teaching us all along the way. Showing us everything we need to know. So don't ever go into a situation and think, well, I'm too dumb to know if I can catch that or not. When you learn to trust on the greater one that is inside of you that knows all things and that can teach you all things, you'll never miss a trick. You'll never, they'll never, ever, ever be anyone that can swindle anything over on you. You remember the story that Keith told about the car that we went to buy that time. And he wanted that car, I'm telling you what, it was blue. He'd always wanted a blue Corvette. We had the money to buy the thing. We had everything we needed in place. We were ready to get the car. We drove from Tulsa to St. Louis to get the car. We get there, we get in the car, we drive around the block. I said, Keith, this car, is something wrong with it. And he just looked at me out of the corner of his eye. He didn't want to hear it. He kept driving. I said, sweetheart, there's really something wrong with... You. Not a noise, not anything. I said, there's really something wrong with this car. And he says, um, hmm. And he keeps driving. I mean, it was beautiful. It was like metal flake, medium bright blue with white interior and a white convertible top. I mean, it was beautiful. And it was just what he thought he wanted. And... Um, So we turn another corner, and he gets out, and he raises the hood, and he looks at it, and he says, man, this thing's pretty. And it was. It was beautiful. Man, this thing's pretty. And I said, sweetheart, there's something wrong with this car. I know it. I know it. I know it. (laughs) You know, I didn't want to admit it. You know, he had the same thing in his heart. But the Lord spared us from getting that car that could have wound up in the shop more than in our garage. You know, because he will teach you all things. He will teach you anything that you need to know. Don't ever let anybody make you think that you're dumb. You can't comprehend something as well as they can comprehend it. That you're not sharp enough to understand it. That you don't have smarts in that area. Don't let anybody tell you those things. Because you may not. Just like I didn't know anything about commercial contracts and properties and all the little, I mean, environmental studies. I mean, how many of you know something about an environmental study that's about this thick, you know? And you gotta know everything that it's telling in that thing. And you gotta read it, because if you don't read it, then the Holy Ghost has no option of telling you, that's not right. So you got to read it. It's like you need a dictionary sitting on one side of you and the contract on the other side of you and then the Holy Ghost in here trying to tell you everything that you're doing. And we did have lawyers. We did have lawyers. But how many of you know that a lawyer can get busy too and sign something off and it don't matter what that lawyer says. It's still your name at the bottom of that piece of paper. So I don't care what lawyer tells you anything. You still need to check those papers with your own heart. See what's going on with your own heart. Don't let anybody tell you, yes, this is okay, or no, this isn't okay. Take the time. Read the fine print. Well, so it it takes longer. And, and, And that's what they do. Have you ever been someplace where they just want to rush you through, and they hand you a paper and just say, sign this? And they expect you just to just, okay, sign it. I stop. I say, okay. And I take a seat. And I read the thing. It has saved us heartache. I say, you know... I don't really want to give you my social security number. Well, you have to give us your social security number. No, I don't have to give you anything. This is still a free world, right? You know, I mean, why do you think all these people have trouble with identity theft? Because they didn't follow their heart. And the Lord said, don't put that number on that paper. The Lord knows when you go out of that office or you go out of that business or whatever it is, there could be one crooked person in there. Everybody else be just as great as could be and one crooked person in there. And you give that Social Security number to them and your credit's gone forever. And you've had perfect credit. It pays to let the Lord teach you on the inside. It pays to let Him show you things. It'll make you look so smart. You know? It makes you look so bright whether you are or not. You know? I never had degrees in business stuff. But man, I look sharp as a tack. Wasn't because of me. I knew it. Keith knew it. But this attorney, he says, um, hey, you ever need a job straightening out somebody's life, working for somebody? Hey, come up here. I'll hire you tomorrow. Well, what he didn't know is it probably wouldn't have worked as well there, you know, because this was pertaining to me and this was pertaining to what God wanted us to do, you know. So God's grace was on him. So um, you have to learn to check the inside of you for everything. So you don't know how to do something. Maybe you, you're a builder. And maybe uh, they got something askew on the house or something like that. And you don't know how to fix that particular problem. But the Holy Ghost does without tearing everything down. He does. He can show you one little thing that you can do and build a little bit differently and make everything just work out better than what it was working out before. Give you an invention in the middle of doing that. But there are things that can keep you from getting that knowledge. I mean, some people are smarter than others. Not because of book sense, but because they've learned to listen to the Holy Ghost that's in them. I want to do a couple of illustrations for you here and show you a couple of things and see if, if you can see some of the things that go on in people's lives and see if it'll help you to understand some of the things that's going on. Andy, stand up back there. I want everybody in the crowd, just stay all the way in the back where you normally stand. I want everybody in the crowd to talk to your neighbor just a minute. And Andy's going to tell me something. Go ahead, talk to him. I'm sorry, Andy, I can't hear you. Y'all still talking? Yeah, go ahead, keep talking. I'm sorry, Andy, I just can't hear you. You hear what that sounds like? A bunch of mumble. Nothing that you can make out, but a bunch of mumble. And you know what that is? Oftentimes, Andy's trying to talk to me constantly, like he's the Lord back there. But he's got all this stuff in between him and me that's going on. He's got all these things that he's dealt with us about to fix, or to make right, or to change, or to do. And this is, this is like our head. All you people are like my head. Things going on in my head. That I gotta deal with the business. I gotta deal with the, this person that's sick. I gotta deal with this person that we need to go check on at the hospital. And we got this funeral. And we got this. And we got that. And we gotta go get ready to go out of town. And we got, and all this stuff is going on in my head. Now what if I was trying to hear from the Lord about a message today? And all this talk again. All of y'all talk. Talk to each other again. And I'm trying to hear from the Lord back there. About my sermon today. It'd be a mess, wouldn't it? be an absolute mess. I couldn't hear a thing from him, because I got all this other stuff that I hadn't dealt with or hadn't pushed aside from me talking to the Lord. And until now, all this stuff is quieting down. Now, Andy, talk to me. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. But do you see how much clearer that was to me? It was a lot clearer to me without all this stuff in the middle trying to block my way between the Lord and me. All these things, the kids, the car, the job, the sicknesses, the family, the bills, whatever is going on in people's heads because they're never fixed. They just keep pushing them aside. We'll deal with them later push it aside, never face on to anything. And, and so all of this clutter is going on in their heads, and they just can't hear from God to help them with anything. Okay, Mr. Larry, go ahead. Turn it up a little bit more. Now, the Lord's trying to talk to me. Talk to me. The so greater ones oh, in me He's he's right here, right next to me, and He's talking to me, but I can't hear a word He's saying. He's talking as fast as He can. Okay, Larry? It would have been difficult for me to get my sermon together yesterday if I'd have had my radio going that loud. Or my TV going that loud. And trying to hear from God on something very important. And I never turn off my radio or my TV long enough. Now, talk to me. We've been praying for you. We've been interceding for you for a good service today. We know that God has anointed you to preach to. And we're just happy that we can be here with you. Oh, we can hear that real clear now, right? Yeah. I mean, you can even hear it when you're not close to Him. Because you haven't got all these distractions going on around you. The TV's not on. The greatest thing that could happen to some people to hear from God is to turn stuff off. Get quiet. Sit on their bed for a little bit. Be still. Don't do like I do a lot of times. Okay guys? Go ahead yeah 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 go ahead yeah go ahead when are you be yeah yeah uh-huh check. uh-huh yeah 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 yeah. no sure you can go get yeah, yeah 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 sure to- more ties yeah tie checks yes yes hotels. To- yes, hotels. yes hotels yes all right yeah go oh yeah no 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 we'll get to that in a little bit hang on just a minute um uh, no no and then the other phone rings i am not kidding you lorna was there the other day lorna is that the truth She was at my house the other day, and that very thing was going on. I have 12 people asking me questions. I've got one phone up to this ear, one phone up to this ear, and I'm trying to make decisions about all these things. Now, is that a smart person? (laughs) Laugh at me, but think about yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? There's absolutely no way... That you can make a right decision about what hotel that we want. Have I got time to sign these checks? Are we going to pay this bill? You know, do we send this clothes to this cleaners? Or do we not send this clothes to this cleaners? Can we get new ties for the singers in band? There's no way that I can answer these questions and answer this question and answer this question without hearing from God. i make mistakes. I mean, that's why my staff knows, Dave knows, anybody that knows me, you don't call me before 10 o'clock in the morning. Because if I don't hear from God, ain't nobody going to know nothing. Nobody. You have to find your time to hear from God about those things. Now, say, um, Dave, stand up here just a minute. I know, everybody's not like me in these situations. You don't have 12 things going on at once. Okay, say I'm asking the Lord something, and Dave is the Lord right now. Okay, and I'm asking him something, and this is going on. Lord, what am I going to do about that situation? You know we've got to have the money to pay that bill, and you you know we've got to have it. We've got to have it now. And where are we going to stay in this hotel, Lord? You know, where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? And he's trying to answer me the whole time, and I don't shut up long enough to hear the answer. He's talking to me continuously. You can't hear it, but he's talking to me continuously. But I can't hear it because I don't shut my mouth long enough to hear anything from him. But what happens when I say, Lord, what do we need to do about these people that are sick? How do we handle this situation? Call Dave, he says. (laughs) Which is a very good answer. Um, Very, very good answer. But, I can't even hear that if I'm constantly talking to him. Lord, what about these sick people? What about these bills? What about these people that can't pay their bills? Do we help these people with their money or do we not help these people with their money? Or, or Lord, do we stay in this hotel or do we stay in this hotel? Do we book this meeting with this church? They've been after us for 10 years. Do we do that? Okay, Lord, what do I do to help Keith get through this? You know, how do we do this? Oh Lord, and then my weight. Oh God, what am I going to do about that? What am I going to do about that? Oh God, help me, help me to help my mom because her brother's sick with cancer. Help me to have the right answers to do with this. And, and I'll never shut up. I'm constantly talking the whole time I'm trying to get an answer from the Lord. So if he's trying to tell me something, I couldn't even hear it. The same as I could. Thank you, Dave. The same as I couldn't hear it with Andy being the Lord at the back of the church and all this clutter stuff, the dirty closet, as Keith was talking about, going on in my mind, going on in my heart. I couldn't hear one single thing that the Lord was telling me if all that stuff was going on. I would be of absolutely no benefit to you here today because I couldn't have heard from the Lord. And it does absolutely no good for no person to get up here to tell you anything unless it's what's right for the time and right what the Lord wants to get out for that particular moment and it's the answer for that particular time. And so I could have, I mean, I've got messages that I've even taught here before that I could have pulled up, but that wouldn't have been the thing that the Lord wanted to deal with today. But if I'd have had all this clutter, you heard it, the mumble, it's just a roar almost. It's not anything intelligible almost, but it's just a something stirring in your heart and there's never a peace. Or the loud music and the TV. Or two phones ringing and 12 people asking you questions. Or I me mean just playing out, never shutting up. Just crying out to the Lord. You know, people do that. They call themselves praying and they're laying in their bed all night and cry, Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. Oh God, oh God. And he's trying all the time to say, Hey, Josh, here I am. Whoa, shut up. Oh, hey, hold it. You know, the whole time he's trying to get your attention. And you won't be quiet long enough for him to get your attention. You just keep begging and pleading. Well, that's not the way faith works. Faith works when you ask the Lord something and you expect the answer. Then he'll give you the answer. And, you know, not all situations, it can look exactly the same. We we have continuously people, you know, that will call and say, this person has this sickness and this person has this, you know, and this person. And the two situations can look exactly identically the same. They can look, I mean, like there's no difference in them. The people can be almost at the same word level. The people can be almost in the same situation. They can be, I mean, whatever the case would be. Say we need to help somebody with their bills. And we get these two people that come in here and the situation is exactly the same. They both lost their job because a lot of the theaters is closed down. Or they both, you know, got sick. Or everything that you can see on paper looks exactly identically the same. So do you do exactly the same for both people because the situations look exactly identically the same? Absolutely not. What do you have to do? You have to inquire of the Lord. Lord, what are you requiring of these people and what are you requiring of these people? What should we do in these instances? But you have to turn the TV off long enough to ask him those questions. So maybe you've been asking about your situation with your child for 10 years. But have you ever stopped and asked and got quiet long enough to hear the answer to it? A lot of times people do get the answer, but they don't want to hear that answer, you know. And the L- Lord says, let them go, you know. But uh, so you've got the two situations where people can't pay their bills. And you're wondering, okay, do we pay this one's bills or, we, or do we pay this one's bills? Or do we pray with this one and send somebody to, to help them get healed? Or do we just, you know, send a prayer cloth to this one? You know, and situations can look exactly identically the same. So what do you do? Do you just, you know, people would think, well, it's really good if there was just a rule book that we could go by, okay? There was these great big stacks, they'd be as tall as this building, that had the answer to every question that would ever come about, okay? If uh, somebody falls and bumps their knee and, and fractures it, this is what you do. And you just read that book and you do that. Will you get the right answer every time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because no situation is the same. These people may have gotten in faith about their finances. And these people may still not be in faith at all. So maybe you're supposed to do something for one and and not something for the other one. These people may be in faith about their healing. And God may be requiring that they do more than what they've been doing where their healing is concerned. And they've learned more. And they may be required to stand more. Than the other people. Now the other people may be babies. And they may need somebody to stay with them 24-7. And feed them the word. And try to help them and encourage them. Or they could have been more spiritual. And the devil just attacked them so ferociously. That they just have lost their total confidence. And they have lost their will to continue. And they need encouraging. And they need somebody to stand with them. And gird them. And lift up their arms. And build them up. Where the other people you just need to look at. And say get up off your rear and go get a job. But how do you know what to do in those situations? You have to ask the Lord. Look with me at some things that David did. In 1 Samuel 23. Therefore, David did what? Inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And number three, David's men said unto him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? So what did David do? He said, Okay, we're going to back off. My staff don't agree with me. So we're just going to back off. We're not going to do this. You know, we're we're scared. We can't do this. No, what did he do? He inquired of the Lord again. He wasn't proud and said, Hey, look, you know, I could miss it. Let's check with the Lord again. You know, make 100% sure on this. And he said, Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. So he inquired of the Lord. People came against him, so he inquired of the Lord again, and he got the same answer. First Samuel 30, verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So it sounds like the same question, same answer, right? Okay, Second Samuel 2, 1. And it came to pass that after this, that David did what? Inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up into any of these cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, go up. And David said, whether shall I go up? And he said unto Hebron. Not only did he tell him to go, but he did what? Told him exactly where to go. Gave him very specific instructions because he inquired of the Lord. Okay? Turn to 2 Samuel 5, 19. And what? Read that next part with me. David David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. Same scenario, same answer, right? Sound like, you know, how many times is this? Just these ones that I wrote down, five, six times already, you know, that um, he's asked the question, he's got the same answer. So what would that make you tend to think? It's always going to be that way. If I go to the Lord with this question, it's going to be this answer. He's going to help me fight these battles, and it's going to be that way. Right? Naturally speaking, people would have a tendency to do that, right? Well, let's look at the next one. 2 Samuel 5, 23. And these are all right in order with each other. And what happened? And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, What? 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 What, what happened? Was there something different? Yeah. Nothing was different as far as a battle, but it was something different as to what the Lord said. It was another battle. But what did the Lord say? Oh. No. He told them to compass behind them and come up on their blind side, you know, get in the mulberry bushes. But the situation looked exactly the same. But the Lord told them no on this one. Well... I mean, notice that nothing appears different, but that the answer is no on this one. Okay, what happens on the next one? First Chronicles 14.10. And David did what? Inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And will thou deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, I will deliver them into your hand. Now, what happens in our daily lives is we get to a point where we're, you know, we'll ask the Lord some things and we'll do some things and we'll have the TV going, the radio going, or we'll have all this mumble jumble and our uh, clutter in our lives. So we'll have the phone going and five people trying to ask us questions or we'll not shut up long enough to hear the answer and we just go ahead and do it anyway. And we wonder why the bottom falls out. And we wonder why we wind up sick. And we wonder why we don't have the money to pay our bills. Because you have to inquire of the Lord in each and every single situation that involves your life. So where would we be today if Jesus was still here on the earth and we were trying to inquire of Him, everybody just in this room, about every situation daily in our lives? He wouldn't be able to answer us, would he? But what did he say? What did he say? Do you all remember? It's expedient for you. It's good. Let's read it again. It's too good. You know, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it's profitable, it's good, it's expedient, it's advantageous for you that I go away, because if I do not go away, the comforter, which is the counselor, You ever need counseling about anything? Who can you go to? The one that's inside you. The helper. You ever need help with anything? Feel like you're just at your wit's end about it? There's a helper. An advocate. One to stand up for you. An intercessor. One to pray for you. Ever need that? A strengthener. You just feel like you can't take another step. Can't go another minute. A strengthener. And a standby. Ever feel lonesome? I have this week. With everybody around, I still felt lonesome. Somebody that will be with you always. Jesus could not be that here on the earth. He sent us the greater one to live inside of us to help us to answer all of our questions. And what is so wonderful about that is... I have done it multitudes of times. If I'll spend my time in the morning waiting on the Lord and praying and seeking the Lord, when these situations do arise, and they happen every day, I mean, I get faxes this thick of questions. I get come in and I get questions from all of our staff, one right after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Well, you train yourself to immediately look to the one on the inside of you. And I can answer a lot of questions, but then when that one comes up, and I have a check about it, I say, let's not deal with that one right now. Because I know inside me, I don't have the right answer for it right now. And people can ask you stuff continuously. And you cannot be, I don't like this word, but I think you'll explain what I'm talking about, hyper-spiritual about it and give them a pat answer about it. If people come to you, and they're hurting. I know when we first got the church here, there's uh, someone that was on our More Life Ministry mail list, and they came excited about us starting the church, and they come like every couple of months now. And uh, they're in the middle of a divorce, and they're, they're asking me, what should they do about it? I've never met this person before. Never seen them before. And they come up to me, and they want to know instantly from me, should they divorce their husband or not? Well apart from the Lord just dropping down in my heart an instant answer about their situation, I don't have an answer to give them. I don't know if they need to divorce their husband. I don't know if he's been beating them. I don't know what the situation is with that. But I've learned over the years, I'm much better off saying, you know what? I don't know, but I will pray about it. And if the Lord gives me anything, I will instantly let you know. And you know, people respect you more for that than for them to give you, you to give them a pat answer and it doesn't work out. They're not going to have any respect for you when they go divorce their, you say, yes, you're supposed to divorce your husband. And they come back to you in six months and say, why did you tell me to divorce my husband? That was the stupidest mistake I ever made in my life. Well, don't you kid yourself. They're not going to take any responsibility on their self. They're going to blame it on the person that gave them the advice. I mean, they're hurting. And when people are hurting, they're going to most likely lash out at somebody else. So don't be too quick as Christians, as spirit-filled people. If somebody comes to you and um, says, what do I do? Do I leave him? Do I stay? What do I do? You don't even know him. You can't answer that question instantly. Less providing that the Holy Ghost reveals the whole situation to you instantly and gives you an answer. You're much better off saying, you know what? I don't know. But let's pray about it. And God does know. And He can show you just exactly what you need to do. And I don't even have to know. Because you don't have to go through me to hear from God. You can go to God directly for yourself. You don't even have to tell me about the situation in your life, how bad it is. It may be embarrassing. I don't have to know it. But God already knows it, so you might as well go to Him. And turn off the TV and turn off the radio and turn off all the other clutter and all the other questions and all the other situations that's going on around you and ask him about it. Because he does have the answer. Should I get a job at this place? Should I not get a job at this place? Should I invest in this? Should I not invest in this? Should we have kids? Should we not have kids? Should we move here or should we stay here? Should we buy this house or buy this property? I mean, those are all questions that people in the church come and ask Keith and I. But, you know, provided God supernaturally give us an answer to your question, we don't know the answer. We're not God. We're not omniscient. We have to hear from God exactly the same way you have to hear from God. We may have learned to train ourselves to be a little bit more proficient at it because we've been working with it a little bit longer. But that does not mean that you can't get there exactly the same way and hear from God exactly as well or maybe better because I may be too dumb to quit dealing with so many other things and get quiet. Do you want to be rich? A couple of you do. I don't know why you wouldn't want to be because there's people out there hurting that you could help. You know, maybe you don't want to be rich for your own self. There's no better way. There is not a more important thing in the whole wide world that you could do than being led by the Spirit. Brother Hagen tells a story about a guy that when he was 12, he didn't even have a pair of shoes to wear. By the time he was 30, he had a couple of million dollars. And I know him now, and he's got billions said he never ever ever lost it on an investment never lost money on an investment he said people would come to him to invest something and uh, when they'd come to him about the investment it would look really really good and his flesh would be screaming jump on this while you can but he was smart enough he had learned he said no he said "Uh, sounds good sounds real good he said i'm real interested in it but you know what i gotta check with somebody first He said he would literally get in his closet, which was big enough for him to do this, and pray for three days. He said he wouldn't just stay in there night and day. He'd get out and have meals. But he focused on that. That was his focus. And he said he'd come out and say, you know what? That sounds real good. But I don't think I want to be involved with it just right now. Maybe another time or something like that. Well, then another situation would come. And it would look like it was just no way under the sun this deal could ever work. It would just look like this is the stupidest deal I've ever heard of. But he didn't just turn the people away. He said, you know what? Let me check with somebody about this. You don't have to be hyper spiritual with people. You don't have to say, let me talk to God. See what God tells me about this. No, you, you be wise because these people may not even know God, you know. But he said, I'd do the same thing. I'd go get in my closet. I'd shut the door. I'd spend two or three days there. He said, and it would surprise me sometime that I'd come out of my closet and the deal that nobody wanted to get on board with, that the odds were ten to one, the Lord would tell me, hook, put a bunch into it. He said, and time after time after time, he said it came through, made billions off of it. Over and over and over again. Happened over and over again. But you know, he didn't do all the things that I showed you the illustrations of this morning. He didn't have the radio going and the TV going. He didn't have all the clutter going in his mind. He was focused on that one thing. He was focused on hearing from God, not about his kids, not about his job, not about the the bills that needed to be paid, not about all the other things that were going on. But what did he do? He shut everything else out and focused on that one thing and expected to hear from God on that one thing. Now, a lot of things, daily routine things like questions about hotels, and most of the time, I'll get an answer on that stuff right away. Lord, did we move to Branson? That was another situation. You spend some time praying about it. You make 100% sure that you've heard about it. You shut everything else off and everybody else off, and you don't listen to nobody. Because everybody, I guarantee you, would have their opinions about his investments, whether they're good or whether they're bad. But what everybody's opinion is doesn't worth, what does it say, to a hill of beans? isn't worth a hill of beans. Because they don't know the future. They don't know if the stock's going to rise like crazy or if it's going to plummet with a Black Monday. But God knows it. And if you'll trust Him in your investments or in your things that He's leading you to do, and you'll spend that time shutting everything off and everybody off, in that time, unclutter yourself hearing from Him, He will answer you. It says, seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened. He will not withhold it from you. And I feel like in here this morning, there are people that you have been searching for years, not just days, for years, most of your life, about where you're supposed to be. What am I supposed to be doing? What is my place? How can I do this? Do I get involved with this guy in business? Do I not get involved with guy in this business? Do we have kids? Do we not have kids? Questions that you've been asking about all of your life. And asking everybody under the sun about. But only one person matters. And only one person has the answers. If it's something that involves a husband and wife. I don't know at the times. Big decisions like this. Keith and I don't always just get down. We do sometimes. If it's something that we want to pray about together. We'll get in the floor. We'll join hands. We'll agree. We'll pray. We'll spend some time praying together. But most of the time. Our time is spent right by ourselves. And what that does is, then when you hear from God and your spouse hears from God and you get exactly the same thing, it's just confirmation to you. You don't have to, you know, just sit there and wonder, well, what are they getting or where are they getting? It's the same Holy Spirit. You're not going to get two different things. And it's always encouraging to know that you got the same thing. And a lot of times, the answers to things, you'll get the answer, but you'll need to look at the timing of things. Maybe, yes, you should do this and you should invest in that, but maybe it should be a year from now. Like this building. We didn't have a clue how quickly the Lord was wanting us to move. We didn't know if we were going to be another year. We were going to help Brother Hagen another year. We were going to, what we were going to do. All we knew is that we were searching our hearts to see what God wanted us to do. And, um, I mean, he had a real quick idea in mind. And if, you know, most people try to start a church, it takes a year to do something like this. You know, we had three weeks to do it in. You know, I, some, I know God has a sense of humor because that's what's so funny about the whole deal, because there's absolutely no way we could have pulled it off. There's no way there's no way we can take an ounce of credit for it because no human could have pulled something like this off by themselves. I mean, it was, you know, no way. But God did it. So he gets all the glory for it. I mean, instant church, you know, just like add water. There they are, you know, <laughs> That that was the way it was. So, But it pays to be led. Because we could have very easily... I mean, we are just like everybody else in this room. We have to hear from God exactly the same way you do. And your flesh will scream at you just like David's men were screaming at him saying, But we're afraid. We don't want to go. There's nobody there. Who's going to help us pay for that building? Where are we going to get the money from? And you can reason all these things out in your mind. Or you can know that you know that you heard from God and take that step and expect the blessings to go with it. Expect the changes to come with it. Well, did you learn anything this morning? Well, I believe that the greater one is in each and every one of us and you have no need to go searching out other people to tell you the answers to things. You can find out for yourself. You can find out the answers for yourself. And if you miss it, so what? You miss it. You get back in there and you do it again. That's how you learn. If you bake a biscuit like I did the first time and the dog is a Doberman and you bounce it off the floor like a rock and he won't eat it, well, you try again and you make another biscuit. You know, or you make a lemon pie and it's so bitter that Keith's mouth turns into mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, yeah. And he can't even eat it. You know, well, you throw it out. You make another one. So you make a mistake in moving with the things of God. So you make a wrong turn. Be humble enough to repent. Say, hey, look, I missed it. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. But be humble enough to say, OK, get back on that horse and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again because that's how you grow Anybody can miss it. But it is the strong person and the person that's humble enough to admit, look, I missed it, but you know what? I'm going to go back to God again. He didn't miss it. I missed it. I didn't hear right. So it's a process of elimination. I know that ain't it. So this time, you know, we'll do it again and this will be it. So stand up with me. And let's make a confession together. And let's expect some things together. As a church... As a family, as a person, as an individual. Let's say this, Lord. I know you live inside me. And I thank you for sending the Comforter to me. He knows all things. And I purpose in my heart to check with Him first. Before I do or say anything, I'll check in with Him. And I won't have the TV going, and I won't have clutter going, and questions going, and I'll be quiet long enough to hear, hear. because your answer is what matters, matters. and I purpose in my heart heart to listen to the greater one inside of me me for for every decision that I make. And I thank you that we can do that. Thank you, Lord. Now just thank Him that you have that opportunity and purpose in your heart to do that. Give Him the praise because He did send the Holy Ghost so that we could ask Him questions and and know all things and bring all things to our remembrance. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,